My name is Stuart Albright. This is a podcast about the messes we make and the messes we endure as our parents get older. It's a story about illness and loss, but it's also a story about joy. Somehow we made it to the end of the school year. I taught my final lesson over Zoom in my nearly empty classroom with a handful of students sitting next to me and staring at my face on their computer screens, while the rest of the class stared at me from their bedrooms. It was a surreal experience that I hope to never go through again. Other than mealtimes, Mom usually stayed in her bed, too tired to keep her eyes open, but too restless to fall into a deep sleep. Nights were miserable for her. She lay there while her mind raced from one thought to the next, but if she tried to watch TV or to read, two activities that had always given her so much joy, she would immediately nod off in her chair. Sometimes she would trip on her oxygen cord on her way to the bathroom and lie on the floor for hours. Other times she would crawl to her bedside table and ring her alarm bell, waking me up to come help her. To this day, I still get a sick feeling in my stomach every time I hear a bell ring. At this point, Mom was so weak that we didn't feel comfortable leaving her in the house alone. On June 10th, Jenny took the boys to visit her parents in Gastonia. I stayed back at the house with Mom. She seemed more agitated than normal, tossing and turning on her bed repeatedly. But as usual, she was able to rally from from mealtimes. I wished that I could get Mom outside for a walk, but she was too weak to get up and down the stairs anymore. We ate soup for dinner and I told her about my day. She'd nod off, then open her eyes to smile at me and take another bite of her soup. She asked for more sour cream. She liked to put sour cream on just about everything. She called it the white stuff because her foggy, sleep-deprived brain had a hard time remembering what it was called. But she sometimes had a glimmer in her eye when she called it the white stuff, which made me wonder if she knew what she was saying the whole time and this was her strange way to laugh at the absurdity of her illness. After dinner, Mom usually went straight to bed, but tonight I led her to the couch and scratched her head while I read a book out loud. Her hair was long and thick and shooting up in every direction. It was a fitting metaphor for my mom. Wild and untamed and kind of a mess, but full of life to the end. After a while, I tucked Mom into bed and kissed her on the forehead like I did every night. Then I went to sleep as well. In the middle of the night, I woke up and checked on Mom. Her bed was empty, and she was lying on the floor. Her cannula was out of her nose. Somehow she had wrapped her oxygen cord around our computer printer, which was perched on top of her dresser. If she had tugged on the oxygen cord, the printer would have probably fallen on top of her. I ran to her and cradled her in my arms. Hey, Stu, she whispered. You okay, Mom? I tripped on the cord. I found the cannula and put it back in her nose. I picked her up gently and placed her back on the bed. I'm sorry about falling, 
Her voice was faint and her breathing was irregular. It's okay, Mom. I lay on the bed beside her. She smiled at me. I scratched her head and she closed her eyes, breathing more steadily now that the cannula was back in her nose. We lay there as the oxygen condenser hummed in the corner of the room. We're going to be okay, Mom, I eventually said. Ah, uh-huh, she replied. You can go whenever you want, and you don't have to worry about us. Jenny and I will be okay. The boys will be okay. Rob will be okay. Uh-huh. You don't have to fight if, anymore if you don't want to. She nodded her head slightly. And then she fell asleep. I kissed her on the forehead and went back upstairs to my room. bed for the next couple of hours, half awake and half asleep. Kept thinking about the upcoming weeks. Clearly, it wasn't safe for mom to get out of bed on her own anymore, but she still had to go to the bathroom multiple times a night. Do we need to hire someone to be in her room 24 hours a day? And what kind of quality of life did she have? She couldn't sleep and she couldn't stay awake and she couldn't breathe without an oxygen cord attached to her at all times. These thoughts cycled through my head as I got up. I went downstairs to check on mom, and I was grateful to see that she was lying in bed instead of lying on the floor again. That's when I noticed that she was lying completely still. I held her hand, and it felt soft and cool. I leaned down to her face, but she wasn't breathing anymore. Tears fell down my face as I unplugged the oxygen machine. For the first time in months, the house was completely silent. I said a prayer of thanks for my mother, for what she'd meant to me and for what she meant to so many people. I felt heartbroken, but at the same time I felt a weight lifting from my shoulders. My mom didn't have to suffer anymore. She was finally free. When my mom died, the COVID rates in North Carolina were pretty low. This was another small blessing, for it allowed hundreds of people to gather in person for her funeral. There was a lot of laughter in her funeral service, and mom wouldn't have it any other way. I'm cruising in the left lane, right? It's a four-lane road. I'm cruising along. Nancy's riding shotgun, taking her cheerleading. And all of a sudden, she tells me, turn over here, turn here, to the right. I said, okay, so my sister tells me to do something, I, I do it. So I turn to the right, there's a car there. <laughs> Nancy looks out, screams at the, out the window. There's a guy driving a car, he screams, they're both eyeball to eyeball screaming. The guy goes off the road, over the curb, up an embankment, right? We pull over, Nancy jumps out, and guess who we run over? Run over. It was a recently restored 
beautiful black Buick Skylark. <laughs> oh, yeah. So out of the car pops Mike Conrad. <laughs> and Nancy says, Mike, Mike, I wasn't driving. I wasn't driving. <laughs> she said, it was my brother threw me under the bus. It was my brother. And Mike says, there's two of you. A life fully lived, so breathe easy, sweet sissy, breathe easy. Thank you. There were also plenty of stories. Your presence here means so much because Nancy loved a good crowd. So much so that I think I'm going to break with funeral protocol. And Nancy would have loved that because she was all about that little bit of mischief and fun. When I started preparing this story, similar to Lee, so many um, messages came in to us with your stories of Nancy. And she was a character. So I'm going to invite you right now, where we are, to turn to your neighbor. And I'm going to invite you to be a part of Nancy's service, which she would have loved, and share your favorite Nancy story. Now I'm going to ask you to give the Cliff Notes version, <laughs> and you can continue with the rest of the story when we gather in the lobby. So, ready, set, go. More than anything, I wanted her grandchildren to be able to say that at Nanny's funeral, we got to talk. <laughs> and we got to laugh. And we all love that when it was clear that a transition needed to happen, it was Stuart and Robert and their family she wanted to be with. She also wrote to me about you. She said, how lucky I am, how blessed I am to be tucked in bed and kiss goodnight. You gave her the gift of your love. A few weeks later, my family and my brother's family took a trip up to Montreat. We climbed to the top of Lookout Mountain and scattered my mom's ashes in a quiet spot beneath the shade of a large oak tree. I put my arm around my brother and I felt a deep sense of gratitude. For him, for mom, for a decade full of hard times but plenty of beautiful moments as well. what did I learn from all this? Life can be messy. Life can be hard. We can run from the pain or we can embrace the pain head on. 
We can laugh or we can cry. My mom chose laughter. Even in the worst of times, she always chose laughter. I like to think that I inherited this trait from her. At the very least, my mother has taught me to never take my health for granted, to see the beauty in the world around me, to hug my kids tightly, to be a better husband, to be a better brother. Thank you for everything, Mom. I love you. This podcast was written and edited by me, Stuart Albright, with grateful assistance from Robert Albright, Molly Albright, and Jenny Albright. Technical support and resources were provided by the Jordan Innovation Lab. This podcast attempts to honor the complicated legacy of my parents, Nancy and Alan Albright. If you have questions or comments, feel free to contact me at stuartalbright at yahoo.com.